0: Uh, this is the Fundamentalists Podcast, everybody. My name is Elliot. I'm here today with Peter Rollins. Uh, he is a philosopher, writer, public speaker from Northern Ireland, Belfast specifically. He's one of my best friends in the world. We love each other dearly, we, we support do. one we another, do. and we do so even in this podcast when we disagree A lot of podcast visibly.
1: friends do their friendship ends. Right. There's bar, Was it Barstool. There are these two girls who would do a podcast and they fell out really badly really and they were podcast best friends and it just didn't work out yeah let's just make sure that doesn't happen no we keep our priorities
0: straight um i think fairly often but this is a podcast where we like to talk about the possibility of life before death we like to talk about uh psychoanalysis uh psychological stuff um pete likes to talk about lacan and hegel uh, I like to talk about, uh, what do I like to talk about? Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny uh, yeah. and Hangar University and Johnny Cupcake. Yes. <laughs> um, so this particular episode, y'all, first of all, thank you very much for all the kind comments that uh, you you made about the last video that we posted. You're very sweet, most of you, and mm-hmm. I appreciate every one of you, uh, most of you, and that's really nice and it's been lovely. Um, and this particular podcast is on deep fakes, so we're going to get into that a little bit. And Pete has some interesting stuff to say about it, and I can't wait to talk about it. But before we get into that, quick announcement, if you don't mind. On my part, I uh, was recently a guest uh, on a podcast called This Jungian Life with three lovely people who are all Jungian analysts and love Jung very much. Uh, I listen to their podcast sometimes. We got to talk about comedy. We got to talk about my special holy shit. We got to talk a little bit about the fundamentalists and sort of where I'm at and what I'm trying to do with comedy and learning <laughs> and education and all that fun stuff
1: you just you just said my special holy shit which you didn't say it was your special like your comedy special it Mm-mm. just sounds like you're referring my to your holy shit! <laughs> you that's know, how i feel yeah. every morning at 8 a.m this one's the special one i mean i knew some people think of themselves in narcissistic ways <laughs> yeah. but but i've my never heard someone talk about shit. their
0: special holy shit they talked about me and how <laughs> my poop smelled like roses uh but it's a very fun podcast i'm not sure exactly when it goes up but if it does Somehow I'll link in the description um, to, so you can at least see that podcast and check them out. It's very fun. Um, I had a great time. They were sweet, lovely people. But
1: any big takeaway, like any, what was the meatiest bit of the conversation?
0: The meatiest bit of the conversation, Pete, was we recorded it at 6:30 a.m. my time. <laughs> so if you think I remember a damn thing, <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> anything. But no, it, we had some really great, uh, some great moments where they're just. You know, I think if people they're they're true analysts, and so I think that with patients who like see people, and I think that they're very good and insightful at reading people, and uh, and so and I can be very like, um, I think sometimes I did will Did they get you crying. Were you I, crying? They there. I wasn't crying, but there were a few <laughs> moments actually where I did get like a little not choked up, but it kind of took me aback a little bit and i was like oh my goodness that's like very insightful and very nice um and very challenging and then there were a couple times where they said stuff where i was like okay yeah that absolutely checks out they sort of listened i think to my some of my life narrative and made sense out of it that made it sound very lovely and very uh positive and i was like well shoot i'm gonna I do this all the time, make me feel so good. Uh, but it was very cool. Um, we did dream interpretation a little bit. I tried to keep my mouth shut about that, even though I am taking a course in it. I feel it's very like not my uh, forte by any stretch of the imagination. But that was a very interesting conversation where they'll sort of do this thing where they'll allow people to fill out forms where they remove a lot of their personal information and then they do the dream and they oh, yeah. analyze it and they sort of talk around it and. Um, really liked that and uh yeah it was a great a great time and then when by the time i was done it was still early morning which is like i was like oh this is when pizza wake
1: i know it's it's lovely
0: isn't it it's lovely yeah it was you wouldn't want to do it on a regular basis no god no Uh, the
1: the unions by the way they're much nicer than the lichenians like lichenian analysis it's like going to see an irish guy they'll just take you apart they're exactly. Kind of, there's no, there's no care, or comfort. It's very harsh. Whereas yes. uh, harsh Freudians, as uh, Jazz and Peep Show says, but uh, you, um, yeah. you, the Jungians are much more soft.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sweet, loving. Yeah. One of them. I mean, they they uh, almost therapeutic, you would well, say. You almost therapeutic. <laughs> almost like therapists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check it out, folks. If you would like, it'll be very fun, and um, hopefully, I don't come off too tired or convoluted or. Um, compensatory with how fast I'm talking that's what I can do sometimes I'll talk so much like I'm doing right now that it creates a wall of uh, impenetrable words that people have to be like oh wait a minute I think let's go back to what you said here and then I'd be like oh yeah yeah sorry sorry yeah so that's my fault
1: yeah people you don't do this you're very good at the monologue like I love your comedy monologues when you just talk real fast and like just get this really cool stuff out but yeah sometimes in in analysis people will speak constantly like a a snow desert, snow desert, lots of snow, but there's no water. There's so many words to actually yeah. protect from getting some sort of
0: content. Yep. Uh, yeah. But yeah. that's not what, but your your monologues are full of content. You're like, well, thank blast. thank you. I know. I'm excited to start doing more of them. I've been, yeah, as I said last week, working on uh, this next The Ridiculous Universe idea, and I'm very pumped about it from a comedic standpoint. It's just one of those things where it's so like, and I'm like I don't remember how I've done this in the past. I have to like just start and do it, and then come up with write stuff down. It's like old. It's getting back into yeah. the, the shuffling off those you know, old we're, habits we're of all writing be stuff
1: rusty. down. All of us are, who do live stuff and public, we're all going to be rusty on the other side of this. I know. Like you know, like I haven't spoken in front of an audience for. A
0: year? I have, um, have stand up dates. Did I tell you this? Oh, you did? Yeah, that's great. June 23rd, 24th. I was able to move them because I didn't feel comfortable doing it any sooner than that. But that seems like a good time and it'll be so interesting in Tacoma and uh, Spokane. This by is the way. just
1: basically an advertisement for Elliot's various things. And so, Johnny, that, that, that's, us, that's us for now. Yeah, and, yeah, and me undies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for that tuning was, in.
0: Yeah. That was pure advertisement. Um, well, Johnny owes me.
1: At least a sweater, if you're watching this, John. I know. Cupcakes.
0: You should. If we both had Hangar University sweaters on, <laughs> it now, that would be very cute. Yeah. Uh, speaking I'm not of, so
1: much one for words on things, or
0: for color. Uh-huh. Usually, you got a compliment in the elevator.
1: I did, yeah. Somebody really liked this. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's it called? A hoodie? A hoodie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like
0: your hoodie. Yeah. That was cool. He didn't give me any compliments, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Anyway, what's up with all these deep fakes? I don't know. (laughs) They're freaking me out. Uh, You guys have seen them around. There's an uncanny valley element to it. It's a little creepy when you see it. There's the Tom Cruise one that just went around. um, and I got the idea to for this topic from perusing Reddit, seeing people use it to make fun of people, I thought it was funny and also kind of creepy and weird. And I've heard other people talk about how deep fakes are potentially in the future gonna cause like a lot of uh, problems. Like there could be very soon people who are able to actually fake things from prominent figures uh, in a way that could cause actual damage. Um, Pete, Mm. what do you think?
1: Yeah. Well, I thought when you suggested this topic this morning, I was like, this is very interesting. Because my first thought was that every new technology actually tells us something about our own subjectivity uh, in a really interesting way. So stuff that's kind of known in maybe academic circles, the technology kind of makes almost apparent. So I was thinking of like, um, first of all, Instagram is a good example of the first one. So Instagram and Facebook, Uh, they offer, oh, there's the, there's the air conditioner. Should I, I'll just run and turn that off, will I?
0: Um, uh, uh, what do you feel in your heart? Uh, uh. Yeah, hold on. You you cover for me. So Pete was saying that basically technology kind of mirrors, uh, what's going on in society. Um, I would also argue that perhaps art does that as well, but nowadays technology probably more so. Pete's back. Ah, there we go.
1: Yeah, so. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah you could say that Instagram is a type of polished version of yourself. It's how you want to appear to what's called the big other. So it's a kind of idealized version of your likes and your interests. And it tells people a little bit about what you value, right? So you look at, it doesn't just tell you what people value, but it tells you what the big other is for that person. So Instagram, great example of a type of mask of oneself you kind of, Mm -hmm. so you take a mask of yourself. that just looks a little bit better. Some of the lines are out of it. Your eyes look a bit blue or whatever you put the mask of yourself on. And so it's, it's almost like you performing for the big other, your fantasized other who's looking at you. Then you go to something like second life and second life is, is technology in which you are, uh, anonymous mm-hmm. so you can hide your identity and so ironically when you hide your identity you become you show us part of yourself that you wouldn't when you don't hide your identity mm-hmm. so something like second life I would argue, dark
0: weird sh- sh- stuff absolutely oh yeah
1: it all comes out all the stuff you would like to do but you know can't say to mm-hmm. the big other um because it's funny it's almost like if you imagine if you imagine religious people at a church and they're singing and they're like showing God that they love him, right? And then I leave the church and then behind closed doors do all sorts of things that they would be embarrassed for God to know. It's like, that's what the big other is. The big other is this dupe who you act for and you perform for. Do a dupe? Yeah, dupe, uh, dupe. D-U-P-E? D-U-P-E. Okay. I'm oh, saying it in my Northern Irish accent. No, dupe. Nice, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's the big other you perform for and then behind closed doors, you kind of do all this other stuff. So second life is like the when you're hiding from the big other. Invert it. So it's, all, yeah, so it's all of what you've repressed from your Instagram life returns, what's called the return of the repressed. It, it comes up all these desires that you're hiding can express themselves
0: in something like second life. Which I have no... I couldn't even tell you what that looks like. I really don't know what I did it once,
1: like, but this is 15. I mean, when it first when it first appeared second i don't even know if it still goes i think it does but it i did huge. it it's you oh yeah it was huge and it is crazy it's like a whole world and you can do anything you want there's like sex part it's like burning man you know like yeah there's sex and drugs and you can you know try and work out ways to kill people or whatever you know it's all just all people's id yeah expression can happen like there. sims Was that like sims like sims yeah yeah i guess it's but like with that real people behind every sim yes yes no non-player characters which is where we're going to go to with deepfakes um so yeah there's a return of the repressed comes out so there's the the instagram where you present yourself idealized mask of yourself then there's second life where you then return of the repressed what you do want the big other to see all of these kind of like desires that you wouldn't be able to express to the big Mm -hmm. other and then deepfakes I think what deepfakes express about subjectivity is a third thing, which is that we're all deepfakes. It, there's a part of us all that is a mouthpiece for ideology. So just like Hollywood movies are a mouthpiece for ideology. If you want to know the ideology of a, a time, you look at the Hollywood movies. To some extent, we can all be non-player characters in our own lives. mouthing enough, whatever propaganda we, we imbibe, And then becoming a mouthpiece for us. And so if I would like to create a deep fake of myself, because then I think in a way, that's what I am. Like, it's not just that I speak. Something also speaks through me. Mm -hmm. There's times where someone says like, oh, I can't believe I said that. Or, you know, you you mouth the the beliefs of the culture that you're in and the group that you're in like a non-player character. Like you're not... It's it's almost before you can think for yourself, yeah. you spout something. So that's what I think deep fakes kind of reveal is that there is an extent to which we are already a deep fake of ourselves. Yeah, I'll give you a, one example which I like is the theologian Paul Tillich. I think I've told you this before, but he story goes he went to this masked orgy in New York. And uh, it was famous people, and he was well known as a philosopher and theologian. And everyone was masked, but Paul Tillich turned up, you know, without a mask on and stripped off, and he was naked. And uh, someone said to him, "Where's
0: your mask?" And someone said to him, "Please leave. <laughs> Why are you making this about you?" Yes. <laughs>
1: well, no, they were we like we get it yeah <laughs> piss off yeah. yeah um no they you're said bombing like,
0: everybody out
1: yeah this is freaking people out um but they said you know where's your mask and he said this is my mask he said like as in paul Tillich, is the mask his fame as
0: a thinker was is itself already a fake i hope he never got invited to another party ever again <laughs> after that if somebody yeah. pulled that kind of crap it's like the guy who doesn't wear a costume during halloween and you're like this is this my, my costume this is my this is what I wear. This is my front-facing self. Okay. Well, he was the first one to do get it. Get out of he here. He was the first <laughs> yeah. one to do it. Yeah. You can get away with that the once. The second
1: person, you look like a dick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> then you wake up, that's, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm uh, just not. This isn't the real me anyway. Uh, <laughs> when was that? When would that have been?
1: So he, um, probably in the 50s or 60s. Uh, he was in New York. So, and, yeah. he was, and he was a pretty well-known guy. But, but it was interesting because for him, he was like, the whole thing of, yeah. But my persona, this is... This is a fake, um, and uh, it, almost like we are the mouthpieces for ideology. Now, the, there is a question that comes. You asked, see, a few months ago, you mm-hmm. tried to put, you did put me on the spot. You said, "Well, what is the subject?" So, if oh yes, yeah, because this if right, those these three things, right? I know what or, you're about to say. I think is that right? Okay. Can I take a see? guess? You can if you want. It's right, right. Okay. gamified it a little bit, right? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll outline what we where we've gone, and let's see what you say. Okay. Um, that. There's a part of us that is, is simply enacting a part for a big other. Yes. There's a part of us that is simply the return of the repressed, an element of ourselves that we can't show to the other that becomes this dark uh, desire, which is then expressed in, say, the second life. And then there's a part of us where, our subject, where we are simply the flow of life. We are spoken by our society, we become a mouthpiece for ideology. So there's three elements of our subjectivity.
0: Well, I didn't really get the third one, but...
1: uh... Which is just, you are in in a sense, like, you, just like a religious person, whatever religion they're born within that will often be the religion that they just yeah. speak before they've thought for themselves. They they're just a mouthpiece. It's in their for, DNA. You can't get it yeah. out. So yeah, so there's a, there's three elements. So, so what the is subject it, would be what is the subject?
0: Yeah. Well, give context to to what that what I meant when I said that because it was something about. Yeah. So we would probably differ in our ideas of there being like a self and like an actual uh, unique individual where because you. Would probably argue that that self, quote unquote, is just the space in between the performance for the big other and the flow of the like id or rep- return of the repressed material. So, where those things intersect through life is where you get what you would call, say, a personality.
1: Yes, that's very, that's a good summation because you basically, where I think the potential difference was, where you were going, like, as someone who's kind of more drawn to Jung. Um, I think the, there's yeah, I think yeah, there's selves, yeah. There's selves. So the, beneath the, what the Jungians call persona, there is a, there is a self. Yeah. Whereas it sounds like what I'm saying is all there is is an, a type, the self is a type of illusion, the type of yeah. flu. And so, yeah, whenever, I, last time we talked about this, you were like, well, if you strip away all of these games that we play in relation to the big other, the idea of lack, the idea mm-hmm. that we are mouthpieces of our systems... Is there anything anything substantial? Is there a substantial self yes. beneath all of this?
0: And you would say no. I would say
1: no, but then of course you would then say, well, then why do we have a sense of self? There you go. Hmm. So, so what I'm I'm currently a mouthpiece but, for you. Here. Not only that, <laughs> exactly, well, you're you're
0: going to just imbibe the ideology that you're around, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So then, then I become a mouthpiece for Lacan. It's just never it never ends. Yes. Um, yeah, that is. A, I mean, that's a whole interesting. I love the idea of it. I think it all is very, uh, not that far off. I think that if you have this idea of yourself being caught in the middle of your performing for the rest of the world and your, uh, you know, darkness, shadow, repressed, uh, whatever you want to call it, the dirty stuff, bad boy things. Mm. Uh, then well, I can yeah, see that because you, it's uh, like yeah. you, rub, you rub these two absolutes, these unstoppable force and immovable object together, you're going to get little sparks in the form of what we call now people. Yes. And you would say, like from a Jungian perspective, you would go like Instagram is the
1: persona and uh, Second Life is the shadow. At best, yeah.
0: At yeah. Best. If you were to assign them that yes, kind of thing, you know,
1: as in, yes, they don't they don't act like that for everybody. But that's a uh, something that comes. Yeah, I would
0: like to I do like to think about how the different platforms have sort of different functions and also different audiences, and you get different things out of them. Like Instagram is very very much for the other person and it's 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 celebrating the happiness and light side of things but then if you go to reddit you just find out that um you know capitalism is terrible and then if you go to twitter you find out that uh conservatives are are terrible and if you go to tumblr you find, and if you go to um, What's uh, Facebook? You find out that uh, liberals are terrible. Like everywhere has Mm -hmm. their own. Everywhere seems to have a very like overarching um, enemy that they uh, that they all kind of rally against. Maybe Instagram less so than the others, but it's also what you're rallying against. Probably is the darker aspects of your yourself.
1: And that yeah, and it very much it feels like a performative space for the big other, which is kind of why it's nice because it's nice because everyone's performing apart to their fantasized gaze of the other yeah which is why you know so that that makes instagram a less you know it, it feels less toxic
0: i got a lot of crap because i put up everyone's
1: a, dancing to their mom and dad basically yeah yeah <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> i put up some stories the other day um and i got a lot of crap about it because i got a hummingbird feeder
1: Oh, I saw that. I, I really enjoyed this. You. Your It was very funny. Your apology as well. Yeah, yes,
0: yes. I just got, <laughs> got a plug. Got to keep the plugs coming. But uh, I uh, yeah, I got a hummingbird feeder and I was stoked about it. And I was like, this is going to be the most innocuous Instagram story ever. It's just like lifestyle. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting up a hummingbird feeder. I got a little hummingbird nectar. Uh, I got so many responses about how it was the wrong kind of hummingbird nectar and I it, shouldn't use that. And I should only use the homemade kind and it can be really damaging to them. They can what become, they don't
1: understand is you actually want to kill. The exactly. <laughs> this was like, as I was reading, I was like,
0: just people, do people think I'm like out here killing hummingbirds? Yeah, like not, <laughs> so now since then though, I've been like, I read the reviews on this stuff and, and now I'll, I'll make my own nectar and I'll make sure that, you know, it's poisonous. It's I'll make po- sure I'll that it kills the hummingbirds. <laughs> It'll have a little whiskey in it. Um, yeah, I, I put it, got all these messages and I was like, ah. and now every day I'm like, in addition to checking to see if the hummingbirds have started to, to drink this toxic waste I'm giving them, <laughs> now I'm checking below to see if I'm, any of them are getting hurt. Uh, or dying and I'm like this isn't what I wanted it to be yeah. at all like I just wanted to have little hum- I like I love hummingbirds and so uh I was like God, I was like you can't
1: <laughs> and it
0: just took me a second to go it's fine you'll make your own nectar next time and they're probably all very well intentioned folks who know a lot more about well actually that's the I other do. thing
1: there's potentially there are well you can it's very hard to tell the difference between a well-intentioned Critique in a not well intentioned, it is so maybe you know, and most of it is what form you're in personally, as in what totally. form am I in as to whether I read it well or badly. Um, although I like negative, I'm from Ireland, so we like negative, I like because that's how people show love. So, probably I see some attacks on me as loving. It's kind of good being Irish for that. It's like someone says, You're a dick, is I'm that Irish, like, or are you,
0: just, <laughs> are you just insane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's know.
1: quite. I, I, had to, I had to tone it down when I came to America because. I like would be kind of like nasty to people I know, and then they would say like, you know, why are you being so rough on me? I thought we were mates. And like, shit, that's just oh, what yeah. we do. You know, that's that's how we show our love. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, and we aim to hurt. I mean, we genuinely. There's a <laughs> it's fine, not. A, it's like,
0: not a fun thing.
1: Yeah. No, it's not a joke. Like, we do want to hurt our friends but but it's a fine line because you, you want it to sting but you don't want it to kill yeah. so you kind of you, if, if, if keep them on your
0: toes yeah exactly, exactly. on your toes yeah <laughs> uh, yeah it's all very vast so so subjectivity, subjectivity.
1: Yeah, how, is there a substant, substantive subject beneath the persona and whatever or, or not and then how do we conceptualize the subject that's the question isn't
0: it yeah I yeah. mean sure I'm down for that I, uh, I like where this is going okay I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You would say probably not.
1: Yes, well, I would say, right, the two extremes are wrong. I would say the idea that there's a substantive self is wrong, but also that there is no self is wrong, except for people who are suffering from a psychotic break, right? And and so the question is, what kind is... Kind all of us right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're all teetering. Well, I was talking to someone today who, who you know, has a psychotic structure, and um, it was funny talking to them about this because... So what Lacan would say, uh, he talks about this thing called the unary trait. And it's a difficult concept. And the, the way I understand it is that we do things like we are in life. Things are flowing through us. We, when we're kids, we kind of take on what we're given mm-hmm. and all of that. But there's a certain point at which we mark ourselves. We countersign what's happening within us. Like, so we kind of go like this. This belief that is happening through me, I'm going to countersign it. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to count it. And so what happens is like in prison, whenever you kill somebody and you put a dot, like a tattoo, a little dot, Mm -hmm. right. Or a teardrop or something like that. What's that for? I mean, in a way it's going not, not just that someone was killed, but that I killed somebody you're counting it. or the Marquis de Sade, when he had a sexual conquest, he would mark a notch on his bed. Right? Why is he doing that? So, because it's to say that it's not just sex is happening, but I'm having sex. Mm-hmm. I am the I am the thing that that counts. What I'm
0: doing. It's like a trophy, like a kind of trophy. Yeah. Like not only did I win, but I can prove I went. See, yes. this is a sim. This is.
1: So it's me. Yeah. It's it's like I, it's a trophy to yourself. It's like you're you are sending a message to yourself that I did yeah. that. I am okay. That. And the interesting thing for me is talking to my friend who has a psychotic structure, she doesn't feel that very much. So she's always feeling like that things happen through her and things happen to her. But she, but for the psychotic individual who, who especially in a psychotic break, so when, when someone's having a psychotic break, they literally don't have a sense of eye, like things are happening, but they might think that... Uh, know fbi are chasing them they might have to do certain kind of things they might think they're the devil or god but there's this absolute fluidity where they they are almost like taken up by something mm-hmm. they're just taken up but even when you're Possessed. not having a psychotic break yeah you have this sense in which who am i and you almost go did i create that and will will i lose that ability or so there's very much a now neurotics always question themselves but not in the same way it's like there's literally a sense of who am i what am i what am i I?" and so there isn't a sense of marking in Mm -hmm. fact there has to be artificial for a psychotic individual they have to find artificial ways to to bring their subjectivity into being so that's why i would argue i would argue that there's no substantial subject um but also there's no uh, ethereal, no subject, because if there was no subject, we would just be a uh, NPC. we would there would be no sense of me being a self. I would just literally be a mouthpiece for ideology. So I think the the way that Lacan talks about it is that that the subject is is a type of marking what happens within your body, a type of countersigning what is going on within you, almost like a taking responsibility for your destiny, a mm-hmm. taking responsibility for your for what flows. That's how I would say subjectivity is. But do you want to say it's more substantial? You want I to like say the more-
0: idea of it being more substantial. I think that there's a very good possibility that what you're saying is 100% correct. Mm-hmm. I also take it a little less. I have the luxury, I think, of, and, and also not even a luxury. I feel like I, given my life experiences and my uh, just current frame of mind, it. Um, I, I think that there's a, a purposeful, way of thinking about the psyche that allows for a life to be much more better, more fulfilling, more challenging. Um, Not to say that there's some sort of like wonderful salvation or utopian end to all of it, or if you follow a certain path that you will become so enlightened that all of your problems will go away. But I think that you can enter into a series of uh, uh, learning how to deal with contradictions throughout life that help you. And I think that the idea of there being a self within you, an actual individual person that you are, um, is very helpful in that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think it exists in a, to some extent as in, you know, one makes it. But I guess dreams are like a, a, the closest we get to being someone without subjectivity is our dreams. Except that's, I say, someone in a psychotic break experiences mm-hmm. that in their everyday life when they're in a break. But um, so every night you have a dream. That's a kind of like a um, uh, an inner world without subjectivity. Oh,
0: it's dreams are dreams are the coolest yeah. thing in the world because they are
1: they are completely you, and yet yeah. they're also you're not a subject within them. So like that's why you're yeah. everybody in your dream. Your dream is everybody. Yeah, but and yet you're as a as a subject, unless you're in a very light dream. You know, you can some, some people can control their dreams and mm-hmm. put themselves in them, but that's almost like more of a daydream. But um but mostly when you like dream, trance, yeah. Yeah, you're both completely everything in your dream, but you're not an agent. You're not an agent in the dream.
0: Yeah. I think that crap is so cool, but I also love Dreams aligning with outside events, predicting them, uh, or people recalling something in waking life that reminds them of the dream. I think there's, uh, the, the, there's this, we talk about this in the, this union podcast a second about the sense of humor in dreams, the puns that they speak in the, uh, coded language that it, I've also heard that dreams the re- reason one way to look at it that they're so weird is because your prefrontal cortex is your sort of reason making part of your brain that shuts down during sleep but the cortex behind your prefrontal cortex is still active and so it's got all this information but it has no logical like ties to it the, those neurons aren't exactly firing so your dreams come off like these insane little uh, shows in your brain and it's just so cool mm-hmm. Not to mention the way they've been treated throughout culture is very interesting. The fact that pretty much every religion thinks they're important. The fact that like people get, uh, oh, end of life dreams. I've just been reading about those. Yeah. The amount of people who have those are is insane. Like so many, everyone. Like they, I didn't know that. I thought they, you know, it was like a once in a, probably because it would be once in a lifetime if they're end of life. But like. What do you
1: mean by the, an end of life dream as in a dream that one has at the end of their yes. life? And
0: what what is that? Um, <laughs> it was all this uh, stuff about For one there was this these studies that they've done about um the frequency of them in in different stages of life and how they're so universal and the impact that they have on people for their end of life transition like like accepting death basically is um like ubiquitously powerful for everyone which is really cool and it's like no matter what their religion creed outlook is people will have these end of life dreams often visitation dreams or um, something that sort of just like ties up their life a little bit and allows them to have less anxiety about dying. Um, I think that's very cool. Yeah.
1: And, and the big thing about growing old is, see, I would say because I'm more of an idea, you know, obviously coming from this place that there is not a, a substantive subject, I would say, although Jung says this funnily enough, is that in later life, subjectivity does diminish for most of us. So we, we start to resemble children a little bit more. I remember this with my own dad, who was very aware and sharp right to the end mm-hmm. of his life. However, I did see in the last few years that his um, that his consciousness was much more intertwined with his unconscious, just like you see in kids. And there was a slightly less um, uh, subjectivity and mm-hmm. agency. And that's a very good thing because, to be honest, you know, near the end of your life, you kind of would prefer to be in a more dreamlike state, yeah, uh, rather than going, "I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die." Right? <laughs> you know, so, oh, god, um, oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Nah,
0: that's what the years leading up to it yeah. are for. So
1: it it feels like your substantive for 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 most people, your substantive sense of subjectivity starts off, you know, relatively young, goes through until you know you're relatively old, mm-hmm. but in the last few years. um, it begins to mold away again. The
0: bell curve starts yeah. going right back down yeah. into the <laughs>
1: and I guess I don't so the what, dirt. Yeah, you because know, is that but the it's it's so what's different from it maybe connected to this idea of end of life dreams. Want to hear you talk about that? Because, but I guess once you're at that very end of life and you're kind of largely in a type of unconscious, then you're
0: you know you're you're kind of disconnected from reality.
1: Is that what it is, or is it is
0: it? I mean and this was more about the effects that these particular dreams have on people and the way that they okay. um
1: well, so they have a dream, they wake up and they feel
0: Yeah, they feel much better and then and just I was just take I was just truly surprised by uh how common it is to the point that they were talking um one of the papers was talking about like healthcare workers and like hospice workers and stuff. And it was sort of a call to take these things um to take them seriously from the vantage point of the people having the dreams because they are uh, so profound and can have such a positive effect that it's worth um, just listening to what they are. And I think that that's pretty much, I mean, goes without saying, but it's kind of interesting that it seemed to have needed to be said, I guess, Mm, in some way. Um, But I should read more. I'll send you some of the papers on it, and it's very, very fascinating.
1: I like it's something you mentioned there as well, which I know you love. But every time you say this, you smile, right? Which is, makes me think that you kind of just like to think this way. But, but let me let me say it and see if I'm right or not. But you do enjoy the mystical potentiality of dreams and that kind of like as you said about predicting things oh, and predicting all future. Of it. And all yeah, that. yeah, bring but, all of it. And I think you know you fully believe it, but there's always a little smile when you say it like i do
0: not fully believe it yeah. that's not true at all oh, you
1: fully do and fully don't i Maybe that's fully a... <laughs> do and fully don't yeah that's
0: what i'm thinking yep. which
1: i kind of agree with you and i had a very mystical point in my life and um and i still think of it where you kind of go like oh, yeah kind of into that but also not no like but I do you do like that i've element. come to
0: terms with it <laughs> is fully believing and a hundred percent fully not believing yeah, yeah, and yeah. it is wonderful and yeah. what's funny about it is it's a very pisces thing it's very well very pisces that's like the that's mo- only aspect of myself i've ever heard where people go where i've been like oh crap that one actually makes total sense in that that realm because the i mean even the symbol is like two fish and all that and you see both sides constantly and that's pretty much my entire uh, existence beautiful <laughs> yeah. yeah. would be like okay i can kind of see that eh no probably not and then i go Eh, maybe yeah yeah and i go back and forth all day long and that's how i spend my days yeah
1: no i like like and i think to be a psychoanalyst you have to have that skill where you in, in a way like the way anthropologists do is you fully believe what you're studying you fully take it on and yet also you can fully not like you so you fully kind of phenomenology as you enter into the phenomenon and it's like whenever i talk about my experiences on this podcast occasionally. We talked about exorcisms where I would mm-hmm. de-exorcise. You know, like, I, you know, fully kind of enter into it, but of course also...
0: Uh, yeah. Phenomenology um, is the correct word. Also just something I was uh, reading about and didn't fully understand it. And also, um, it was just a summary, but that emergence chaos theory, all that stuff is just so fun. Yeah. yeah. I love all of it. it like, gets all like, it is... It is and then you look at it, and then you can decide for yourself whether or not there's validity to it. And I think sometimes there is, and then sometimes there's not. Yeah. Because you you've, you've, you've been doing a bit of tarot recently, have you? Well, I love tarot. Yeah, yeah. But that's another one. You can. I've had tarot experiences where I'm like, this is incredible. This is so specific to me. This makes total sense. It also can function as an app perception test. You can project onto it and it both can have the same productive effect.
1: Yeah. Hey, so, uh, I saw something on Instagram a month or two ago where, you know, who's that in Watchmen? Isn't there a guy called Rorschach? Mm-hmm. And somebody said, I love Rorschach. I just wish he didn't have an image of my parents fighting on his face.
0: That very good. He said, hey, I wish he didn't yeah. have that big dick on his face <laughs> yeah. the entire time. <laughs> yeah uh, anyway uh, um what were we talking I, about oh,
1: well deep i saw deep fake today after we talked about it obviously because i you know yep. it's always listening uh, of nietzsche singing some pop song but it was so uncanny because it did look like nietzsche and it was so weird seeing him for the first time not as a, an image yeah and most of his images are after he's gone mad he didn't like photos being taken so mo- the, the famous photos of his like big beard uh-huh. is after he would lost his sanity
0: Oh, really? Um, yeah, beard, yeah. By the beard, you mean the oh, big mustache? Big, big
1: mustache, big, yeah. big crazy mustache. Huh. That was taken, I think taken by his sister, but yeah, after he'd lost his mind. But uh, he was like talking away. Whoa, that's weird.
0: Yeah, um, I've, I've heard a couple, I saw one of like some outlaw from like, I mean, was it was a Billy the Kid or something and, and it looked... It was like an old western photo and they just made him sort of look around and like have some movement to him. And it was terrifying. It was like so creepy and not quite real enough for me to not know immediately it was a deep fake. But also hmm. it's because it's in an, a sepia photo. Like they're, it's turning a sepia photo into something that's moving and it looks like a Harry Potter portrait. Yeah oh yeah yeah that's
1: well i think it's like the reason why i was saying if i was an artist i would make a deep fake of myself is because recently someone had to i had to sign a document in the uk so i said to my friend you just sign it and they were like well yeah but then it's a forgery and i went it's not a forgery because if anybody asked i would say it was me in other words i didn't sign the document but i countersigned it as in i said i will say that i signed it yeah so in the same way you create if there's a deep fake of me did that did they do it Oh yeah, it's fine because because I think they realized, oh yeah, the whole point of a signature is it's to to countersign that the person <laughs> believes it so they're like I'm not going to turn around and say i didn't sign. no, it. I did not <laughs> yes arrest that man yeah, arrest that man um, but in the same way, if someone made a deep fake of me saying something that I'd never said, but I liked what they said and I agreed with it, I could say, yes, that is me
0: I'm going to do a deep fake of you promoting um Synchronicity, tarot, mm. and the soul, yeah. and uh, I'm gonna put it on Facebook, and that's how we'll ad- or uh, Instagram, and that's how we'll advertise this. That would be. Yeah.
1: See, and I wouldn't countersign that. That's a different. Exactly. One. But I would countersign Arrest that man. Arrest that man. But if somebody could like put something in my my mouth that I didn't believe, or no, I did believe, and then I could say that wasn't me, but I countersign it, so now it's become me. So that's what I mean by a deepfake. It's almost like I might say something, like. Weirdly, this sounds kind of crazy, but I might say something about a set of beliefs that I've never thought about before. It's just part of my culture and I put them out there and then I think to myself, do I agree with that? Do I countersign it or not? And then if I say yes, then I go, right, I actually believe that now I've kind of actively marked that belief. Or I say no I don't believe that I think that's rubbish and then I actively don't mark that belief
0: when does it when do you f- cross from that to the um, I mean if you're functioning okay so you have the set of beliefs that you're you're, you're sort of uh, soaked into you mm-hmm. and then you countersign at some point whatever you want to countersign not countersign I get that wonderful but a lot of the countersigning is also just more I imagine you would argue more Appeasing the big other, right? Like people who countersign, let's say, um, like their whatever religion that they were brought up with, without yeah. ever really thinking about it. They're they're not they're not really countersigning. It. They're still like just saying they are to appe- appease this idea of like I would I it, when I was a more of a full Christian, I would be like, well, I don't choose to believe this because that's very like, you know presumptuous of me like this is you serve this like this is something that you you so does that are you really making any decisions
1: yeah th- absolutely so the key for me is because that's an important question but before you even get to that question it's the f- it's it's the very fact that you have become conscious yeah of it that's the key gotcha so because okay. you're right because all of that's still happening at the level of you know like wor- what you've read mm-hmm. people you've been influenced by but there's this change where you're from consciousness to self-consciousness. So consciousness is when you're, when you're conscious of an object. Self-consciousness is when you're conscious of yourself being conscious of an object. And that point when you become conscious of yourself being conscious of an object, that's when subjectivity is. And just the very act of you going, oh, I, I like, as in self-reflecting on what you're saying is I think what the subject is but absolutely it's still caught in the web of the big other Mm -hmm. for me the only the only thing that's not caught in the web of the big other is your unconscious repetitions drive the only thing that is not determined about human beings is this element of the unconscious that derails your determinism so if and we talked about this last week i think but say if we didn't have an unconscious we'd be all utilitarian fully determined but because there is a dimension within subjects that derails them, that, you know, so you go for the job interview and you turn up late, you know, whatever this part of yourself that is undermining yourself. Mm-hmm. That's that for me is your freedom. Yeah. Your, your, your freedom is that a part of yourself that wants to fuck yourself over.
0: Right. Because you always think it's going out to get you.
1: Mm. And yeah, whereas it kind of is, Unless it maybe kind of you is know it's always down,
0: tripping you up. You just don't want that job. Yes. That's the wrong job for you.
1: Yeah. But, and, and that, that interpretation is itself not necessarily true because it's kind of like a retroactive trying to make sense of it, but it kind of is true. It's like, it allows a new possibility going like, I don't want that job. I want another job. And so, so the unconscious now is opened up a different path for That's you. An excellent
0: response. Yeah. Excellent response. Oh. I like that a lot I was, uh, thank yeah. you sorry I cut no.
1: you off no 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 that was great I,
0: yep. yeah no that was great yep. pat on the back that was a good <laughs> one. yeah it opened I mean I see what you're saying yeah, that's yeah, a great can... way that was a great response
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it just it puts you onto a different track and allows a new possibility which then becomes your new destiny and then you can short circuit your unconscious short circuits that destiny and it can put you onto a different track sure so life is full of these um, derailments these productive short
0: circuitings we can only hope
1: yeah yeah otherwise because otherwise it's boring life's boring Mm -hmm.
0: then yeah i think that might be a lot of the problems that we're currently facing right now is Mm -hmm. people don't have the opportunity for anything to disrupt them because it's the same thing over and over and over again over
1: and over and And that's why a lot of people are dreaming more and there's a lot the unconscious is coming up in different ways Born out of it's mind.
0: yeah it's unconscious it's like go outside dude yeah Yeah. get some fresh air or you're gonna dream of falling into a garden and
1: You were asking me this morning, have I been outside? And I was like, oh, no, not for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I stopped doing that.
0: Yeah, um, it was be- yeah. It is a beautiful day. And I was like, oh, this is not- it's always, it's that day after raining. Yeah. Um, yeah the deep fake thing, I hope it stops, but it never will. And uh, mm. I don't, I don't have, really have much of a worry about it from that like technological.
1: Is it easy to do? Do you know, like, like. Mm-hmm. What- could I make a deepfake of you like, mm-hmm. uh, on, with tech that's f- freely available online? I apps? think
0: so. I, yeah, I think there's, d- there's different apps you can do. And um, how good they are, I don't know. But, uh, and th- some of them have watermarks on them, I think. But I think anybody now can yeah. pretty much do it. Yeah, we can, we can mess around with yeah. it and have some fun.
1: But this, this is the original
0: deepfake, me,
1: right? So I, like, that's, what, that's what I want to say. is, And weirdly, deepfakes are nothing new. Deepfake just reveals that we are already deepfakes of ourselves. And, um, and that, yeah. And so, and so all of the problems that deepfakes are going to create are problems that we already have faced in subjectivity.
0: A hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, uh, oh, I had a thought too. The, 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 yeah, the, um, stuff I worry about with technology and social media is, uh, so like obscure and big that the deep fake thing is just one more thing where I'm like, what I don't like is the, the filters on Instagram that aren't deep fakes. They just make you look slightly better oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because they're not effective enough that I know I, it doesn't fool me when mm-hmm. I use it. Like I'll try to use one of those, like, even the basic filters that you use on Instagram story or something, they have that like, I think it's Paris or something like that. And it just makes you look a little prettier. Yeah. Just gets rid of the lines. Yeah. Bit, like, but too much. Yeah, right, yeah and I'm yeah. like, that doesn't, I feel like well, I'm hiding something. And I guess that's the point, but it also like, I can tell when other people use it and I don't mind when other people use it. I'm like, who gives like, of course, make yourself look however you want to make yourself look. But, uh, I just wish I could get, maybe, I, what does that say? That I'm too uncomfortable making myself look slightly better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was a movie I saw, I forget what it was, but I think what happened is the movie was you put on like a a 3D thing or a virtual reality kit, but there are real physical bodies that are made, that are constructed, that you are. So I would be sitting in my chair right now, but would be walking around outside. And, you know, that could be the future is that I I get a younger, better looking version of myself. And uh, then uh, I sit, and I'm getting old and I sit on my bed with my 3D yeah. set on but a better looking version of me is walking around yeah. outside chatting ready to people. ready player one yeah do they do oh yeah is that, that happening top in that? yeah oh yeah of course that's right uh, yeah yeah I mean, i've kind of seen that it's yeah. been, done. I mean, it's been it's, done yeah it
0: probably is coming i hate it i yeah. hate that idea yeah. i don't know why yeah am i maybe i'm getting old and I want the kids to get off my lawn, but the idea <laughs> of people spending their lives uh, hooked up to those things, I don't know, something about it just worries me. I guess it feels more is- like isolated. It feels like even more isolation. Maybe when everything is back to normal and we're out and about, I will love the idea of being able just to shut everything off and go into a VR world and have live that life. But I think adding another, being isolated and adding another thing that just makes you more like congealed, congealed in your situation
1: yeah i mean it is weird because you could say like it does look like the the history of the universe is the movement from being to life to unconsciousness to consciousness to self consciousness to reason to pure idea as in it does feel like sometime if we don't kill ourselves we will we will be able to get our consciousness out of physicality. So the universe is basically the birth of God. Eventually, the universe gives birth to God, which is pure idea, divorced from all of the the difficulties of biological life. I don't think we're very close to that, mind no, you. No, we're close, but it would come VR this way. just so way.
0: stupid. <laughs> this is such dumb, uh, the deepfakes are so dumb and silly, and all the filters are so dumb and silly, so <laughs> I can only imagine it means that we're headed towards some some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm going to have pl-
1: to play with this fig. I kind of like the idea, because then I can, you can disavow everything. It might be helpful, but if you ever say something that you want to be cancelled for, or you're going to be cancelled for, you say, no, that was a fake I didn't I never said that. That was a tool deep
0: fake. I don't see that happening. Yeah. I just see me going. All right. You got me. You got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think there's too much left in there to happen for that. No. But all right. Well, oh yeah. How are we Folks, thank you so much. Um this podcast should shortly be available um in addition to youtube.com/la morgan Spotify and iTunes. I'm trying to get it working on uh, Spotify. I don't know what's going on. i am refreshing the feed, but in the meantime um, I've uh, yeah, Elliot's
1: been. He found out that he can get it onto lots of
0: other platforms yes.
1: that we haven't been on. We have uh,
0: still Google Play. If you would like to check that out, I've submitted it to also to Pandora. If you guys are, if there's any Pandora listeners out there, and then um, Amazon Music slash Audible, uh, it should be on there uh, relatively soon. And, and, and will then, it will it
1: fire the whole back catalogue in as well? I think so. I hope, I hope
0: so. Yeah, it should. It's just that that RSS feed, but. I'll let you know more next week if that happens, but in the event that it's available now, you can check, and if so, I'll put the uh, links in the description as well as a link to This Union uh, Life if you would like to hear me chat with those folks, and uh, Pete, anything you would like to... Any takeaways? No, I think I enjoyed... That was nice. No. We covered the Jung stuff, we covered uh, fakes. we covered subjectivity, you covered the history of the universe, <laughs> Yep. the birth of God. Yeah. Yeah, we got a fair amount in there. A little fair amount, (laughs) a little bit to unpack. Uh, Good luck dissecting it, everybody. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.